Welcome to Verbal Art, a podcast where we talk about artsy stuff in different locations. Hi. Sorry, I'm late. <laughs> Welcome to Verbal Art, uh, this podcast where I, Senior Ram, interview artists about their work and we talk about the spaces we're in and talk about how the work was made or whatever is relevant. And today I am here in the Theatre Academy in Helsinki with actor Nico Nostrum. Do you call yourself an actor? Mm. Yeah, actor or performer. Yeah, mm. hi. Uh, so, um, do you want to introduce yourself quickly? Mm, yeah, I'm Nico, uh, actor, performer, or uh, maybe also an artist. Mm. Well, actors and performers are also artists. Yes, so. <laughs> yeah. And a student here at the Theatre Academy uh, in my third year of the bachelor's and master's studies in the acting program in Swedish. Uh, and can you help explain where we are and describe the room? Yes, I listened to your previous podcast and I noticed that it might be a thing. Um, it's a format. <laughs> yes, it's, we're on the fifth floor of the Theatre Academy building and this is an old industrial like a mm, Factory that has been repurposed for this uh, theater school activity, and uh, yeah, the the room is quite big. Yeah, and uh, somebody said high ceiling, but yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, it's a big, nice room. Actually, I don't so often think about how the theater academy is an old industrial building, but when you're in a room like this, you remember. Yeah. Do you know what they used to make here? Uh, soap. Oh. Soap and uh, elevators also. That's why they're, they're like really high stairways. Soap and elevators, yes. that's such a weird... At the same time? Uh, no, I oh, okay. so. <laughs> yes. Well, nice. Um, and uh, yeah. yeah, it's a big room. We're sitting on a really big dance mat or like rows of dance mats. So we're sitting on this big black piece of floor. And there's some theater stuff in here. Yep. Not so much, but a little clothing rack of some costumes, a, an old telephone, an old typewriter, a little uh, side table, a piano, a couch few props and um, oh and some rows of chairs mm. you can say more if you want uh, big windows talking about like the old factories like true and, yeah that's big windows but it's evening so we don't see so much out of them now and uh, traffic lights <laughs> what traffic lights traffic lights so traffic lights <laughs> and why are we here 
Mm, to talk about time. To talk about time, and yeah. My performance from uh, last spring. Was it in April? Yeah. And now we are in November. I don't remember if I ever waited this long to talk to someone about their work, but Nico sent me the foot, uh, video documentation of the performance, so I rewatched it today. Which is the way strange because you changed some things between the performance I saw and the video. I don't know which one was first, but I recognized that there were a few like slight details that were different. So now in my brain. I'm not really sure which, like what what I experienced the first time, because now they're blending together. Um, but yeah, it was definitely good to rewatch it. We just haven't found the time to do this interview until now, but I'm happy we're actually doing it. Same, same. Um, maybe tell a little bit about your performance. Yeah, fill in, please, if there's something. Sure. Uh, I also rewatched it. It's been quite nice to go back to it you didn't see it in all this time no how was it to rewatch yourself a half a year later mm. yeah, yeah. I, I was positively surprised mm. yeah yeah I think it was a really good performance yeah. and and also like yeah and even through the camera or like the camera changes stuff also like yes of course and it was like documented with this handheld camcorder so it's not like professional uh, level of, of documentation uh, the camera is like handheld and and it's fine like it's okay but also the sound is recorded I guess just through the camera yes. mic yeah but it was still okay mm. and also I never saw the pre no the intro not many part saw that of the performance uh-huh. so um <laughs> I mean, I think we will talk the listener through the performance from the beginning to end, but maybe just like first tell what it was called and like the idea behind it or or summarize it. It can be hard for people to understand Mm. what we're talking about when we just... Yeah. So what's it, what it was called? Um, mm, What was it called? You can't remember the name of your performance? Is it in the manifesto? No. No? No. I mean, okay, so I have had the the text, the printout text and manifesto for this performance hanging on my fridge for half a year to have it ready at hand for this conversation. And then today I forgot to bring it because, of course, I was running late and I was like trying to remember to bring the recorder. So then I forgot the text. I remember the name. You checked it. This is no. I remember it while I was checking. Uh, this is why I'm late. This is this, why I'm late. Yes. Um, and what were like? It's it's a performance about time and about being late, but it's also a performance about uh, the arbitrary nature of of timeliness, right? Like mm. concepts of time and. Yeah, so why did you want to make this performance? Uh, so far I've done quite like um, a lot of fictive pieces when we do the fritarbetes at the end of the year. Which and is Swedish for free work? Yeah, and we're sort of given the free reins to do whatever 
we want. Um, of course, there's limitations like with space and stuff. And also, it was a solo production. It was so. It, it, practically, if you're doing stuff alone, you also have often some limitations. Yes. But yeah, and and uh, yeah, but going back to that, uh, like I, yeah, art of fictive. So that year, I just said, like the last autumn, I was coming to school really tired and really late, <laughs> and uh, every morning I was so frustrated with alarm clocks, and just feeling so shit uh, that I decided that I want to somehow express that. So this was like a less fictive more of a personal uh, portrait yeah <laughs> a portrait with fictive elements yeah nice it, yeah. okay so let's maybe um, so disclaimer you give a disclaimer in your performance saying that you talk about the relativity of time and special relativity theorems and then you disclaim but I'm not a scientist I'm just an actor mm. and I think we should also give a disclaimer now that we are just artists doing a podcast and so we will be touching probably on a lot of different theories and concepts about time and relativity and universe stuff um, and probably we will say stuff that might be like um, lacking some info or it might even be misunderstood mm. <laughs> so please do understood in a different way <laughs> yeah. uh, so please do your own research if you really want to know about uh, science stuff uh, because I am quite sure I only grasp like a minuscule amount of, of what I try to read when I when I go into these things I did do a little bit of homework today which is why I was late I was reading about time nice <laughs> yeah I, I've tried to use my empty spaces today also to like yeah. go back to the stuff that because inspired it's me so difficult with all this so I wanted to I mean I've been tripping about time for like a lot of my life really mm. it's the weirdest concept in my entire life is the concept of time I have a really strained relationship with time if we want to personalize it a bit in that way and so it's not the first time that I have been like reading about time concepts I've done it earlier in my life in having these like rabbit hole faces with time but I wanted to check up on some words and concepts today and, and years and stuff so yeah we will definitely be going into more like uh, branch out and take some like side roots in this talk but I think we should try and keep a, a good framework of of also talking the audience through your performance. Yeah. Uh, so what you sent me today was also this five-minute prequel intro part of the performance that takes place outside of the academy in the street. And I never saw that because in that time I was sitting in this room waiting for you <laughs> to start the performance. <laughs> but can you explain what happened there and why you did that? Yeah. Yeah, the, and yeah, it will work great because there were so many other things that came in and kind of then created like why I wanted to make what I did. Yeah, oh, I do that yeah. a lot. I jump around, but I'm good at going back on track. <laughs> yes. So yeah, the outside part was sort of me trying to do a solo protest. Okay. So I had these. Do you call it placards? 
plakat. Uh, like posters or or flyers or like yeah, pamphlet. uh, no. pamphlets like or from uh, cardboard, sign. cardboard. Signs. Yes, cardboard signs, signs with yeah. slogans such as 95 is an illusion and and choose news and, and something like that. Yeah, and you had a whole manifesto written also, right? Yeah. About like choose news, like uh, reclaim lateness, or I, I can't remember, which is why I'm sad I didn't bring these texts. No, no, yeah, uh, yeah, it was choose news. And, um, it's a good. I can show it later. A good political slogan is extra good if it rhymes. Yes, uh, <laughs> that's that's how I make it in this world by rhyming. So, and you had a megaphone also. Yeah. So you were like shouting paroles of like against timeliness or <laughs> yeah, maybe more against like these tight schedules, deadlines and stuff like that. That was inspired because I was for the first time in a couple of protests, like Hello Kapina marches and stuff. And then we also had this course in Brecht, Brechtian theater, which oh, is like really political theater. And, and let's get down to like the structures. I thought maybe it was to try and like hail some extra audience from outside the mm. academy. That's also been a dream of mine. Or some some kind of desire to take theater to the streets. But did you manage to grab someone and like did for someone like, follow you? For the moment, like there were people who stayed outside, but no they one, didn't follow no one you. came extempore. Ah, that would have been great. Yes, though. it would. Um, okay, but then so actually, the audience of the performance never saw this part of the performance. It was like two separate. Some people saw people who came like just before the performance from the outside. Okay. Because it was by the main entrance to this. Uh, when they thought they were like running late to get into the performance, you were still just like hanging out outside. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and then, okay, so jump to the audience view. I am sitting in this room with the other people and we are waiting for the performance to start. Mm. Uh, and then you come through the door, all like out of breath and in a hurry with this bed and all the props on the bed. Like you, you bring your whole stage set up with you and you're like, oh, sorry, I'm late. <laughs> and making up excuses like there was a problem with the elevator. <laughs> um, and then you start setting up the play or the stage. Mm like hanging clocks and placing clocks around and doing it was a pretty minimal setup but still you brought everything with you so all the scenography you started like hanging and you did this thing i realized today when i rewatched it you did this thing that we who are late tend to do that we like try to mask our lateness by like making small talk and engaging people <laughs> Uh, as if then people would not notice that now you are setting up something that should have been set up before 
and you're obviously doing it late but then you're like oh yes like this <laughs> and I recognized it and it it hit a lot because I think I do this a lot and somehow I always convince myself that I do it really well that I mask really well and people are like not getting stressed by my stress I, that's the thing you come and you bring all this stress you're supposed to host and then you're just not ready to host yet so you bring all this stress into your hosting situation and then you don't want to put that stress and share it like with the other people so you try to like pretend as if everything is cool while you're running around out of breath and like totally behind schedule and I always believe that I'm so good at this and honestly I don't think that's true I think probably people feel the stress a lot more even when you're like trying to fake like everything is okay Okay. And around right now, I should be coming through that door and say, Hi, I'm Nico Nordstrom. And look at the clock and say, This is why I'm late. But, uh, we're not for a long time. <laughs> But you made this a performance, so of course this was all planned. No, I was actually always, because when I got in and then I started to put all the stuff back in my bed and then to come up with the elevator, I was always running late from my supposed, like, actual <laughs> planned beginning. <laughs> I was always, because I had these cues where we'll get, like, the alarm clocks ringing. Oh, you, you so made, I was always late from those. You so, made sound cues. Yeah. Yeah. And then... Yeah, but one of the feedbacks I got from someone in the audience was that it was, they were really like uh, uncomfortable with the stress. Like, That's perfect. Really, yeah. Then you did it really well. Hmm. <laughs> I think you could have let us wait even longer. Hmm. Because that's the, that's the thing about being late, right? I don't care that I'm late. I mean, honestly, I don't. It's some, you just become really good at making compromises. Like today, mm. I thought I was going to make coffee before this talk, so I would have had coffee to drink. But then I was too late to make coffee in school because I had to just come directly into this. So then you just become very accepting of like making compromises. And the closer you get to like your deadline, I am making air quotes, uh, the more hardcore you just become and slice things off the bucket list and and so I don't care so much about that but of course I do care about letting other people wait and wasting their time and they have to be bored and they have to be alone and get stressed and so I think actually you could have wait, had, had us waiting much longer it was only like five minutes I think you could have let us wait for 15 minutes and just let the audience sit and get bored even before the performance start and like get a little bit annoyed with you I think that could have been okay <laughs> yeah that was talked about because during the course we had these like where we gave small snippets to each other ah uh, yeah of course in and the pre-development uh, yeah. yeah so that was one of the things that we talked about there but and, and I was I was quite keen on it yeah yeah Sort of, and then sort of like, yeah, conflicted about doing that. 
but uh, then it was just because we decided that we were gonna have each other's performances like after each other so that people could see mm-hmm. see them all in, in during like one but how does trip. that conflict with letting people wait you just cut it no but the then I had all this material that I still wanted to show and then I had to like ah okay yeah, yeah sure you couldn't just make it longer no no mm, I had okay, to get my way. my monologues in there and stuff <laughs> <laughs> um Okay, yeah, and so then you have finally set up the stage. I'm very happy to hear that you were actually late here because I did become a little bit insecure of like how much of this stress masking was performance and how much was just like habitual or I don't know. I mean, if you are also a person who is generally late, I guess you have done this before. I have had like set up situations uh, like finishing building setups for like works for exhibitions or set design for concerts or festivals where like the concert maybe starts while I'm still building the sculpture around the stage so it becomes this performative moment of me being this like weird sculpture performer in front of the stage while the band is playing or and it's not planned but then you just have to keep your head cool and like pretend that it's interesting or <laughs> um, so how is it you do did in the performance after you do this you you explain how you were supposed to start the performance but now you were late so you had to do something else yeah yeah I mean I, I remember like getting all blushed and you know <laughs> you feel the blood starting to flow and, <laughs> and you're a bit insecure yourself like will this completely like fall to bits because I had all these, I tried to tie like a, 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 a not a rope, but a small string. rope. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a small rope string uh, to one clock, and then just tying that with your sweaty hands because you're running late and stuff. But then it was also like it's it's a kind of it was. I also could rest in knowing that this is actually a nice part of the performance. Like I can just I don't have to hide this. And also because it just becomes a meta performance, like the pe- people become unaware if it's scheduled or not, and also it doesn't matter because it all just becomes part of the concept. Yeah. Which I think is good premise to set yourself in this way. Uh, how much of the performance was improvised? Was it all super scripted, or did you do improvisational stuff? I think it was quite a score slash. You you wrote all the monologues before and yeah yeah but then um, I didn't have the time or the or the will to like memorize everything so there were some uh, okay. improvised bits and then where I'm getting to is is, is uh, once I had the clocks placed out um, um, I started to set these alarm clocks on my phone which mm. were supposed to be the cues for the next scene and then the next scene mm. And then I was running late, so I start, sort of was in the bed looking at my phone, and the audience was looking at me because they had read these manifests already. Mm. And then I tried to figure out, like, okay, three minutes from now, what's the clock now? I will put it to here, and then three minutes from here. And <laughs> but that's also super timed when it's down to the minute, because for my performance now with the tape, I realized 
that I needed some kind of now it's an hour long the performance so I, I realized I need some cues because it's a little bit changing in time so I have also made sound cues that means like yeah now it's when you have to change to the next set of tapes in mm. all the tape players but I also allowed it to be a flowy thing where it can overlap and deviate because if it's timed down to like a single minute difference or something that has to be super precise it's quite hard to do that in this way yeah so but okay but I'm then that part kind of tied into what I was telling on stage I was telling about me going to bed the earlier night and, and that's like the start of the story of why I'm late now mm. and then I was looking at my phone and while I was doing that I was trying to figure out how I can get these cues back on time <laughs> uh, and, then, and then so maybe let's uh, explain what actually happens uh, in this performance. So we are we have a seat of a row, two rows, three rows of people sitting over with their backs against one wall. So they're in like one end of this room, and then you are sole performer in this really big space. And the only set design you have is a bed, like a single person bed on wheels that you roll in, and then a lot of different clocks. Um, that you place around you in the room and around the audience kind of yeah the metronome and the metronome and your phone mm. but the bed has like a duvet and everything so it's super minimal setup but but you have a lot of space to move and then I realized now there are no drawings on the wall no I just realized it when I was here waiting so. did you make the drawings no they were there all year because we used this class a lot especially last year we used it like almost for every class and course we were here okay so then it was a big part of last year yeah I don't know who made it it was kind of it reminded me of this Vitruvian person like to draw the, yeah, the person in the right like uh, it's um, is it Michelangelo? no it's, Da Vinci it's Da Vinci yeah well, yeah, so there was this figure with their arms stretched out on the wall. Like, there were all these, it seemed like pencil scribbles on the wall, but, like, quite big and on this really big wall. And you kind of used it in your performance as well. And now it's painted over. It's white. Hmm. Uh, which today I just, like, read something that I already knew in myself, but then I read it as part of, like these perceptions of time that maybe it is change that makes us able to perceive uh, the progression of time so yeah now we know that this is a different moment mm. than another time we were in this room because something has changed yes. can't step into the same river twice or something like that. what there's this saying from like ancient philosophy i can't remember who of those philosophers it was but it was uh, like you can't step into the same river twice because oh. the water has always the, it's new water yeah yeah so. I like that um, okay do you want to tell a little bit about all these monologues you have in the in the performance mm. you play like three different characters in your own performance yeah, yeah. yourself or a version of something similar. yeah Semi me, late. <laughs> Auto fictional version of Nico. Yes. And then you play two 
giants that you dream. Mm. So half of the performance, we are in your sleep, in your dream. And you fluctuate in and out of sleep and in and out of these different characters. So do you want to tell about uh, how you decided to split the performance in these different parts or roles and and how you like wrote for them or anything in that way? Yeah, I think <coughs> I came, one of these classes we were supposed to have something to show to each other but I hadn't like really made up <laughs> anything and then I, I woke up in the morning and I remembered a dream quite particularly. A specific dream? Yeah, I'm not quite sure anymore if it was like with giants but I think it was an ap- apocalyptical dream. Okay. So And then I tried to kind of reconstruct that here. Mm. People seemed interested, so... <laughs> uh, like, yes. Yes. <laughs> and and then, I start, yeah, then I started to think about being late and the whole lateness and what's the cause and, and, and that. And oh, so the start? performance started with that dream? Yeah, partly, yes. Wow. Because when I saw it, I was like, and you're like, suddenly this action, it's an apocalyptic yes. scenario. And I'm like, okay, that's a bit off. Like, doesn't really fit with anything. But sure, I guess you just like chose a creative premise for mm-hmm. something. But I like that it's the source material. Yeah, wow. And yeah, I suppose the apocalyptical stuff wouldn't have been there without. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I wanted to hang on. Uh, so... Yeah, your performance is a lot about this, this like in-between state of being awake and asleep, right? Mm. Um, do you feel like this is a particularly creative state or why why was that like a, a moment you wanted to explore? In, an, in some ways, yes, most more creative, mm. like in this maybe abstract and more effortless way. Mm. Uh, yeah and it's all, I, I love Twin Peaks I love like uh, dreamy stuff and, and what do you call it like ethereal soundscapes and music dream pop etc <laughs> uh, yeah I, I, I quite enjoy that state <laughs> of, of being in between like rational thoughts and something subconscious or yeah it's a little bit like lucid dreaming or something right that Mm. you kind of know you're awake but you also know you're sleeping at the same time and you have this weird meta awareness that you are in two different places at once and in two different states but in a way you are totally pacified you have no like like your agency is a little bit like suspended or yeah I, I think it's interesting as well and so in the performance help me remember now what is it then that happens you start talking about I'm in the bed uh, the bedtime has come and yeah, you I, get ready to go to bed right yeah 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 and while, the, while I'm getting ready to go to bed I start to uh, I kind of wanted to somehow visualize like how it is like when the brain starts going to different places when it's when you're supposed to go to sleep if you want to sleep for eight hours before mm-hmm. like nine o'clock morning starts mm. 
but then yeah usually I start to think about performances or maybe some abstract concepts and then I perform thinking about time and mm. thought processes about that and I use the metronome do you want to bring the metronome? yeah sure also I will change our chairs because you are sitting on a squeaky one and you are moving a lot more than me mm. and the those sounds will be really loud once I put a compressor on this recording. So you get this one. Thank I think you. it's probably better. Yes. Okay, so you put on a metronome in the performance. And that, so I like the soundscape of this whole thing, and which is one of the reasons why it has taken us this long to do this recording. Because we needed to book the space and we needed to get all the prop clocks and stuff from the uh, prop department or whatever it's called. Yeah, prop department. Yeah, and so many times we have almost managed to do this, but then something has been missing. <laughs> better late than never. Mm, better late than never. <laughs> yeah, okay. So yeah, why is it you put on a metronome in this performance? When I started to delve into time, uh, I also got into like how dance and music tie into time and how they somehow very closely work with time mm -hmm. like concretely what did you learn mm -hmm. well with the help of the metronome that there's like it kind of makes a ticking in a different speed and then there's terms for it like adagio andante are these dance terms no musical terms okay like there's Largo, which I think I said in the performance sometimes that this feels like my kind of tempo and then I start thinking like tempo, what's my tempo in time and then and, and Do you feel way. like you have a, like a core tempo that is yours, that is different from other people's core tempo? Is mm. this how you think about it? I think they, it's kind of dynamic, dynamic Sure like it switches. But yeah, I think there could be some sort of uh, core tempo or rhythm. Hmm? I mean, and I, I I do notice that it differs with some people, and then sometimes you meet people who are like, yeah, it feels like we're having the same tempo, right? Yeah, I mean, In conversations or dance or walking, like in different ways. And I mean, of course, it's dynamic and it's relative and it changes a lot because we change a lot. Some days we're super tired and sometimes we're stressed and and all this. But I do believe we have different perception of time. And I think it has to do with our uh, like baseline tempo. Um, in myself, I always intuitively thought of it as like um, rounds per second or like circulations that, you know, if you have... Uh, spin cycle or something how many spins per minute or per second does your uh, tumble dryer make stuff like this so intuitively I always thought of it or not always but when I began like forming these thoughts more clearly I thought of it as like people having different rotation speeds because I just have had people in my life who do things like fundamentally so different from me um who might be able to practice the same thing for like years and years and really become good. Whereas I lose my patience with things, you know, I really, 
I become restless and I want to move on to the next thing really quickly. Um, but also, I am always late and other people are always on time. Some people take super long time to make a decision. I have always been really quick at these things, just like intuitively knowing what I want or what I don't, or at least being able to just make the decision and move on and not look back. Whereas other people, they stall, they need more time. You know, people do a lot of fundamental life things in different ways. Some people talk really fast, some people talk slow, but also just these like more grand motions of how we go through life and yeah sometimes you meet someone where you're like fuck we are in sync like I have one friend we both move quite fast we speak quite fast we do things in life quite fast I think that is one of the main reasons why we always had a good chemistry it's like we can keep up with each other and other people can't always like and sometimes that stresses other people out. And But then when you find someone who can keep up with your even your speedy tempo, it's quite nice and you don't have to wait for the other people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, sorry, I keep grabbing the word, the microphone, but... Um, I, I, I like it that way. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big topic for me, this one. I feel like this episode is going to become slightly confessional, probably. <laughs> okay, so then... Do you want to explain to people what a metronome is? I mean, I know they just heard it, but maybe someone doesn't actually understand what it is we're sitting with here. Yeah, so it's it's uh, it's almost a pyramid shape. Yeah, it's quite beautiful. This yes, one. I yeah. And then, but there's different versions. There's also like digital metronomes, and you can Google maybe has a metronome which like starts to. But basically, it has like an arm. Yeah. That is. Um, attached to the bottom usually and it has like some kind of weight on it and then what a metronome does it it will keep a steady rhythm at a specific pace yeah like swing per minute yeah and then can we make it faster so people can hear the difference now we're putting the weight way low what's your tempo today today a little bit slower than that maybe like this are a little bit slower because today I'm not that fast I slept a lot yeah this one nice and that that's a good one today if I don't sleep I tend to become faster I, I compensate somehow yeah. I can recognize that song, like as a part, mm. after maybe a sleepless night or something. Yeah, exactly. So when I'm overtired, I tend to like talk more and faster and stuff. Like somehow my brain is just like overcompensating for feeling slow or something. Or maybe it's like blasting more hormones so that I'm still able to go hunting even though I'm depleted. And so then I start like feeling like I'm energized or something. <laughs> Um, I've always preferred improv, like if I'm sleep deprived. Ah, okay. Yeah. Nice. You can be free in the moment. Yes. <laughs> I think some part of the brain that censors stuff is like asleep. Yeah. That's true. Or like it's just you have somehow pushed it far down, mm. maybe. <laughs> okay, so this is what a metronome is. 
This one is quite beautiful, pyramid, wooden, it looks like something uh, um, a shrink would have in their office in the 20s or something. This is my visual projection. That's a good one. You put up your hand if you want to say something, you can just say it. I interrupt yeah. people all the time. Um, one of my classmates told me that this, like, they said that thank you, like, this is really how I perceive time. To find your own temple? Yeah, or something, because they've been quite involved with music mm. for a long time in their life, so maybe they've accustomed to thinking about time and... In rhythms. And, yeah, in rhythms. Which is why musicians use a metronome, for those who still didn't grasp that, uh, because then they can keep a steady beat. Okay, cool. Um, and there are, then there's all these words that explain, like... 200, 208 swings in a minute is prestissimo and 168 to 200 swings per minute is uh, presto. Mm. So Italian, maybe? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And then I kind of played around with that and played around by putting this the swing and uh, ran and did some movement like in tempo with the Oh yeah, you were doing and, some dancing. Yeah. At first I was running like really fast and had this on the fast to kind of get that huffing, puffing and sweating that is how I usually arrived to class because I ran to the school. <laughs> I really recognize this. And then like yesterday I was late for my friend's exam and I really, that is one situation where usually I'm trying not to be late is people's exams because I think it's super disrespectful most people are very nervous in this moment and so I don't want to be the one who startles them or gets them like off their track um but I was late uh but then you know I wear this overall like ski suit and it makes a lot of noise putting on and off so I stop outside the room to take it off before and then like trying to slow my breath so I'm not like making too much noise with my exhausted breathing when entering the room <laughs> so I recognize this but I like that in the performance the whole time it was um, it was really dynamic with the pace of things so also just like embodying the weirdness of time how slowness and fastness is not just about progression of time but also about like some kind of physical state or yeah I think that ties into like the, the I'm not a physicist, I'm an actor like and, and trying to kind of embody time somehow. Mm -hmm. Or yeah, how can I by storytelling somehow? And the framework of the or like this frame story of being asleep and that like how the performance is what you're dreaming and then going back to this like the alarm ringing and being like kind of asleep, kind of awake. That was a good frame for um showcasing this because mm. then you are like going to bed and it's slow and you're lying down but then suddenly you're dreaming and running into space because in the dream you're super active and the pace is high mm. this was actually before i was asleep this was while i was and you were running before you were asleep yeah yeah i was uh, this was while i was still going to bed and my mind was pacing my mind was pacing ah, so you were you were visualizing how your mind starts running really fast when yeah. you're supposed to slow down yeah maybe the thought process maybe you say it also in the monologue yeah 
the whole performance through kind of you are almost constantly speaking, right? Mm. Yes, there's a lot of speech. Uh, this video is about time and Einstein's relativity of planetarium relativity, special relativity. And it tells me that uh, there are three spatial dimensions, up, down, left, and right, backwards, and forwards, right? And there's the fourth dimension, which is time. And it moves like, and it bends with gravity. <coughs> says that the faster you run through space, the faster, no, the slower, the time appears to move. And well, all I know is that I'm frequently running after time to be on time. And the faster I run to 1 p.m., the faster it seems to move closer to the speed of light. And this is how I arrive to many places. <laughs> but sometimes... Yes, go back. Okay. And sometimes it feels like I'm... Contemporary, right on time. My eyes meet yours at the right time. If we have a discussion, the lines appear at the right times. There's no weird, unwanted silences that gain unwanted meanings. <laughs> Just on time. A lot of going metronomical, musical terms. Seems to be my kind of a tempo today. And sometimes, other times, it slows down. And it's in between these slow seconds where I... Huh? <laughs> 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 frequently have new thoughts, make new associations about myself, my work, about the world we live in, about the past, about time, about the space we move in. And sometimes it gets a bit boring. But I'm lost in my own thoughts or in a good discussion with someone or in a good scene. And time just disappears. And how do you write these monologues? Like, uh, do you just sit down and like free associate or do you know what you want to say or? I think, yeah, I've never been one to like put a lot of uh, points down before I write. It's mm -hmm. usually just write and then there's this 
and I just keep on writing and then there's a mess of text. Do you edit it a lot afterwards then? Mm, depends on the purpose, I think. If it's more formal or official, then I usually have to. For this one? Not really, I can't remember. Mm. No, it's okay, I'm just curious about your process. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I think it came quite from the heart, because it's so close to the heart. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, as I told you, I wrote a whole big chapter in my thesis about time and my relationship mm. with time and my experience of time and how I tried to, like, compose my work with this notion in, in mind. Um, yeah, okay. And also through the whole performance, you are not wearing any clothes. Like, you are undressing to go to bed, mm. so you are almost naked yes. in the whole performance. How is it to be... First of all, performing a whole show alone, you are like having the vast part of this space alone, you're running around and then like people are looking at you, but also to be even more like exposed that you decide to do it completely undressed. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I think to me it's, it's I have, I'm not that uncomfortable with being um, undressed or... or or semi-naked or naked in front of people usually and it, it but uh, and I quite like it gives us some extra energy and some extra tension which is nice <laughs> and yeah it worked for the I have quite an affinity for method acting and uh, and uh, going for some realism so it helped with that like yeah I usually sleep completely naked so I'm just gonna be half naked that's close <laughs> enough <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and you explain us all these things, like you talk to us and explain everything you're doing, but since it is auto-fictional or semi-fictionalized, we're not really sure how much is your reality or how much is a persona you are like setting up for us. Um, then what happens? Then you fall asleep, right? Mm. In the dream, you actually go to bed, and then you start dreaming this apocalyptic dream. Yes, I did this now backwards who came me from the bed, I think. And then I started to move backwards through the room. Oh, it's true. You make this, like, rolling yeah. fall out of bed, yeah. and you're like, no, it's apocalyptic. Yes. <laughs> That's something we learned during the first course in acrobatics. <laughs> and, ah. And then, then, <laughs> then I went, and I kind of tried to imitate the contours of the drawing mm -hmm. the, of the human also at one point when you were doing this like slow dance movement to the metronome there's a moment where you stop yeah that happened like at least that one time it, was that planned no. the metronome just stopped and then you decided to stop as well in the video I can't remember how it was in my performance the one I saw but in the video I saw today you stop exactly in front of this drawing on the wall was that planned? <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> That looked really good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Lucky coincidence. Yes, and I think like the alarms and all these props, they kind of unplannedly worked quite well. Like, what do you mean? Like they just came on at like whenever they came on, and it worked quite well as long as I w you were kind of aware and reacted to them or something. Oh, okay. So like all the the clocks like ringing, like set you set alarms on all these clocks you put around the room. Yeah. But you didn't. You tried to time them, but yes. you couldn't completely. No, it, 
Okay, and then every time, if they happened in a different time than you thought, you just reacted to them in the moment? Yeah, I don't think there was one performance where everything, like, they would have came at the same time. <laughs> oh, they were supposed to go off at the same time? I had this one, like, I had this one vision in my head of how the performance is yeah, going to yeah. go and the dramaturgy, but yes, it was always different. It's super similar to how I'm performing my tape performances now. I also have this like tiny kind of cute so that there are some moments of the sound where it's supposed to all happen at the same time like um uh like this like the, the construction work for instance you know they it has this like beep beep oh, yeah. yeah this Before like the warning so I have that sound on the tape and so at one point I want all the tapes like six tapes or nine tapes or something playing I think it's nine tapes I do now at one time so I want them all to be playing this, not completely synced, but like in the same time, so that it's just beeping all over the room or like all spread out. And in one performance, I managed to do it and it was beautiful. But in other performances, it has come completely like in different times. Mm. And, and then the effect a little bit goes off. But I did one in Aquasmata in this kind of small room and then it really worked. And to have like nine different tapes beeping in this rhythm at the same time, wow, <laughs> it was beautiful. But it's hard to do, to time things that are not like, and also because like most of these clocks are analog and my tape player is analog and stuff. And so when it's not like digitally time coded, mm -hmm. when it's something you do by hand, mm -hmm. it's really, it easily gets out of sync. Yep. And sometimes you haven't turned them enough and then they just never go or they never ah because you have to wind up yeah. the clock do you wanna should we bring some clocks yeah, and sure. wind them up for and the I also audio have, I used to have this installation like when the bed was in the museum performance because it wrapped there or in public and then do you need to bring them there because you can't hear so much what they're saying here okay this doesn't work anymore okay this was a clock that worked in the right angle and then when you put it in a little bit <laughs> then it stops okay so it has to be completely level yes <laughs> wow okay so we have some ticking going on now that's nice because that was how it was in the performance you placed one clock like exactly under my chair i think or just next to it and so my, the whole performance through i had this like ticking like under my ass so then for the very young listeners who never worked with these kinds of old school clocks, you have to wind them up. And then I'm putting an alarm now. I don't know how long it will be. Nice. I don't know. Is, do I just unwind, like wind the yeah. alarm? Do I have to do something in the middle? You just wind it. Okay. Like a lot? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Can't stand. Yeah, you have. Yeah. It's not. It's not working. Okay. Yeah, some of these don't work. Okay. It's beautiful this one though. Yes. It's like a really nice teal color that kind of matches my shirt. Mm -hmm. Okay. This one is already. Yes. This one has a nice one. 
has a sticker that says uh, "Don't hurry" in Finnish. Alahosu. Alahosu. Did you put that there? No. Did you choose there. it for this? When I saw that, I was like, "Yes." Hell yeah! And the props department uh, master was like, "Yeah." Oh. This one doesn't have a battery. Mm. Oh, there. And then you also have this one. This one was my. This one was the antagonist clock that I tried to pull in my bed at like a later part in the program. Did you try to what? I tried to, I had the string attached to this. Ah. And then I tried to pull it. It's so hard because it's, you can't really get it like at fifth. Like if I was late, it was impossible to like put the alarm because it's in that little red thing. Ah. It was impossible to like put be really, really on precise. minute. Yeah. yeah, because these are analog clocks. So it's like with arrows and... and or like hand arms that are moving and you have to pull everything and it yeah it is difficult to be super precise but you also had alarms on your phone right yeah those were the those were like the cues for the dream scenes yeah yeah and you had three different alarms happening on your Mm -hmm. on your phone right yeah which one do you use in reality I have, I have, I, I, most, uh, quite a long time in my life I've had three different, like two gentle ones, and then the last one is like, drr, drr, get the fuck out. Okay, so this is how you do in normal life. Yeah, you actually that's snooze this many times. I always have three snoozes. I, I have two alarms with six or seven minutes in between. Yeah. Six if I have to be efficient, seven if I can allow myself to be more in this state in between, because I have realized. Seven or eight minutes, I start slipping into proper sleep again, and so six minutes is a good cutoff. That if, when it rings the second time, I won't like I will be fresh. Actually, I will actually be awake. And if I allow myself to sleep more than seven or eight minutes in between the alarms, the second time will be hard again. Nice, thank you. Yeah, I've always done um, five minutes or ten minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. But I only do two but now because I've realized if I do more, then it doesn't really matter. Like, it's only if I'm super, super tired, then I will do more mm. because I just cannot get up. Yeah. I think I always go too late to bed, so I'm pretty sure. Oh, me too. Sometimes I go too late to bed. I have to just not go to bed at all, which mm. is what happened the other day. Then I was like, fuck, my friend's exam is in two hours. It doesn't really matter now. Then I thought, maybe I can do laundry before. But then I also was running out of time for that. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) But I did manage to cook like real food to eat for very early breakfast or night food. So that was good. Yeah. Um. (laughs) I can recognize that. (laughs) Deciding to stay up the whole night and then being like, oh, now I can cook a proper breakfast. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I mean, and also with time, I you call it an antagonistic clock, for those who don't know what it means. Uh, the protagonist is the lead character or the main character of a story, and the antagonist is like uh, the villain. So the protagonist is the hero, and the antagonist is like working against the protagonist's uh, journey or whatever. So, yeah, I like that you called it an antagonist clock because I do feel like me and time, we are in this eternal battle. Mm. Like, this is, like, the battle of my life is with time. Like, learning how not to be late. I have become better. Usually now in work, 
situations. I'm on time. I'm, a, I'm much better at being on time in school now than I was before. But socially, I'm sorry to everyone who I have ever led weight in my life. But it's it's a, an uphill thing. I am trying. But fuck. Yeah, but then skipping a night. I feel like if I... Something like that, staying awake and skipping a night, I somehow feel like I cheat time a little bit. Mm. I don't know. I get into the specific state of like feeling like I've won a round in our eternal game or something. Yeah. Extra time. Yeah, I don't know, like cheating in the game or something. Bending the rules. Outsmarting time. Mm. Yeah. That's running. <laughs> oh yeah, you did you said that in yeah, maybe you explain it. Yeah. Uh, while I was running, I I said something like, I frequently feel that I'm running after time to be on time. I thought that was really nicely poetic. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yes, thanks. <laughs> because I feel the same. Yeah. It is, and that is the, the thing about always being late. You have to always just run faster right mm. to try and like make it and I always have to like yeah I would just bike faster and stuff and yeah you can but you also have a certain limit yes like, you know? <laughs> yes but someone once told me um, a, an ex-partner of mine was always on time and super stressed about being late and I was always late but then he once told me like, Somehow, even though you're always late, you are always on time. Meaning that, yeah, I might be late for an event or something, but I come exactly when the right, like, mm. when it actually happens. Everything that happened before didn't matter or was boring or whatever. And so, you know, I actually come on time because I skipped the waiting time, something like that. I think that was the intention between what, well, or behind what he said. And he seemed a little bit like insulted almost when he said it that like how can you always be on time even though you're always late because he was always on time or early, um, and that has been my mantra ever since. So anytime if I'm like biking, and it's like oh, I'm late in my mind, I go you're always late but you're always on time, <laughs> and it becomes this like chance to reassure myself that. We will conquer. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. And that's a good mantra to carry. Right? Hmm? I mean, it's not always true. No, it's I have, not always I have true. missed a lot of flights in my life. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I have also managed to jump on a lot of flights right when they were like almost pulling away the stairs. Actually, one time I jumped on a harbor cruise ship. This like one hour cruise in the harbor. My friend was giving a performance, a sound performance on the ship. I had a ticket. I like jumped on it when it was already sailing away from the harbor. But I managed. <laughs> yeah. Okay, back to your performance. Let's keep our format. Uh, you want to explain the giants? Yeah. yeah. Um, that came... I, I think it came from the from the dream, trying to reconstruct the dream and just remembering, like vaguely, that I had an apocalyptical dream last night. 
mm. and then I, I started thinking like how what can I use and there was the drawing and then I was like okay I'm gonna embody the drawing and then I did that and came really close to my classmates who were the public mm. and then there it was like okay I feel like a giant when I'm looking at someone who's sitting down there ah. and, and then because it was kind of different from the other material I was working on mm. I had to think about it a bit but then I was like no hey wait a minute Twin Peaks like in Twin Peaks there's the giant oh the really tall guy yeah who talks <laughs> in like a strange voice and it's in this Twin Peaks okay well you were like shouting mm? and you were standing just next to me whenever you were the giant who was shouting and so I was like whoa <laughs> she was like <laughs> Shouting very close to me, uh, but then I saw the video today and I realized I was just sitting in the lucky seat next to the shouting giant. Mm. Yeah, that it was the same place every time. Too too better too too early than too too late like these two. <laughs> While we're waiting, let me tell you something about this being late. It's not just about being late for school or work. It's about the disintegration of morals, self and bodily discipline and ethics. <laughs> and while I'm being yelled at by this giant and trying to figure out something to say, the second giant appears. <laughs> and um, and what? Who is the other giant? Oh yeah, the giants are like a maybe a dichotomy or yeah, like they're a little bit like a opposite yes. uh, personalities or yeah, around the, 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 the time that we use. Schedule-wise, etc., like the everyday time. What? But like their relation to everyday time is like opposite. Yeah. Because one of them is like really militaristic, and like I tried to kind of go back to my time in the army and like a time sergeant or something like ah. really like yelling and and uh, also yelling stuff that I think to myself when I'm late, like. Yeah, so because there's always like the the giant, the the shouting giant was lecturing you on why it's not okay to be late. Yeah, and what? How we're late as a society from the climate change. Oh yeah, true. Etc. That like yeah, people that the governments of the world have been stalling, even though they had the info many years ago. They have just been like snoozing, snoozing, mm. and not saving the climate. I thought that was like an ironic not to society that you tell me to be on time because that's the moral like right way to be a person in society but then like the people who are actually controlling society they are late with things that are so fundamentally important that does it matter if I am late in an everyday basis if we're anyway going to die because of global warming or whatever yeah that's nice that it also kind of Goes yeah. into that because yeah, no. nice. 
<laughs> so that was the time sergeant. Yes, the time sergeant. And who? What did you name the other one? The gentle giant. I don't the gentle know. Gentle giant. But to me, it was more of a. I don't know if it had a name, but to me, it was more like dancing with time. You also were dancing yeah. when you were that giant. <laughs> How did it get so late so soon? before June. <laughs> My goodness, how time has flew. <laughs> and what was that giant uh, uh, prerogative or like, what was the... Not that, a bit more careless about this arbitrary time or whatever we want to call it. Mm. And more, more in control of time or like or more less affair, I would say. That was saying something yeah. like, how did it get so late so soon? Yes. <laughs> Which is what you're also talking about in the performance, right? That actually these moments... That was Dr. Seuss. That was I, some of the, giant, the gentle giant um, quote, were quotes. From, from Dr. Seuss? Okay. Yeah. Uh, or different... Yeah, I googled. I had this one night where I googled like, quotes about time. Ah, it was a collection. But you also talk about it in your performance, right? That these moments when time seems to slow down or stop or moments in between things or stolen moments maybe almost or that actually they are the very, they have a lot of potential because like a lot can happen in these times when nothing happens or or when time becomes so abstract that it disappears or... So I, I would think this giant kind of embodied that a little bit, right? This, oh, I lost track of time because I was so present in what I was doing or I was enjoying myself, yeah. which are positive traits. Yes. You know, it's like, yeah, like being awake the whole night, of course, it's not good if you are doing something that's bad for you or like doing something that is doesn't matter but if you're awake the whole night because you're like reading super interesting stuff or some and then you're late for school to learn more interesting stuff but you also were educating yourself the whole night so i mean it's really hard to judge it as just like wrong behavior yeah yeah i think that's my problems with being on time also like on, who, on whose terms and on whose terms yeah. that's a really good point yeah yeah, because, of course, that is what the big giant shouts about, right? It's unethical. It's like, yeah, we have this moral agreement that we are on time because that's the whole point of having mm. universal time yeah. between us is that we all can count on each other within this frame. And then when someone's late, they kind of break the rules of the synchronized time schedule. Um, which... Okay, should we just remove these clocks again? Because I'm afraid the listener will get insane from having yeah. this much ticking inside yes. their ears. It, this takes me back to the working <laughs> progress. <laughs> oh, so when you were having all of these during your progress, like, did you get really crazy? I, I mean, I spent many hours in this class. Hello. Oh, that was nice. Yeah. 
I don't know what happened. I don't Me know either. where it came from. It is beautiful. Yes. <laughs> wow. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, but like. Uh, going it, back to this time and synchronicity my yeah. teacher gave, gave me this book recommendation during the course that is a uh, the artist at work by Bojana Kunst what type of book is it it's 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 quite full of performance and performance art jargon and and like it's a it's a do you call it a fact book like a, it's not fiction no you mean non-fiction. so it's non-fiction. non-fiction yeah and it's it talks about a lot about how this um, how capitalism and uh, like a post-industrial society works and how time is used to to keep the production going and how it's used to I mean, that's one of the reasons why time as this like really organized, synchronized thing became quickly widespread once humans had realized that this was maybe smart. Mm. It's capitalism. It was merchants who realized that they could start uh, calculating work on an hourly basis rather than based on a task. And so this like commercialization of time is because someone realized that it was financially beneficial to start like charging people by the hour rather than by the pro- product or yeah. yeah and so merchants started like normalizing having clocks as people rather than just having like a clock in the city somewhere that everyone looked at also before that uh, there was the church bells that rang once an hour and I've been like that's something I remember that was talked or taught about like how was the time perception of people who only heard the time manifest itself like once an hour like and before in, that there was none no yeah exactly uh, it's only around year 1000 that we even started having these like societal clocks before that people just looked where the sun was mm. in the sky and they were like now it's evening yeah and then around year 1000 they started having bell clocks and around year 1300 they started making mechanical clocks but yet without like arms or anything to show the time just still mechanical some more precise bells still not super precise they would lose like 10 minutes an hour and have to be rewound or whatever I just I know all these numbers because I just checked it today nice it sounds like I love it and then, like slowly, slowly, things happened. Like, um, yeah, more precise. Like actually showing the time with arrows and stuff. And then, uh, you know, every city would have one clock, and then everyone would like know from that when the time was. But then people started having their own clocks. And then when they came to a new city, they had to have someone like they had to go and find this one clock in the city to set the time because cities could be hours off from each other so that like people came to a city and they would have to like uh, rewind their clock one hour to be on the local time of this place they were in because it still wasn't synchronized throughout a country Uh, but then the railway started like complaining that it was real hard to make schedules about this and the post service started complaining that it was really difficult 
uh, for like that the postman had to change his clock so often when riding through a whole country. Like in Denmark, it's a small country, so it would be one guy on a horse going to many many cities, and then like super complicated to have to find like to change the time all the time. And then I read that like one king in Denmark was like testing it, so he sent one post delivery guy with on a horse from Copenhagen to Hamburg, uh, Hamburg in De- in Germany. And to, to see how long that took, and that took 52 hours. And then they were like, okay, so all the cities between Hamburg and Copenhagen have to be on the same time because like it's unpractical how we're doing it. Um, so, yeah, but there has been sometimes a hundred years in between these movements in how time has been treated. Uh, that in what I read about Danish time history is that we got our first like clock in Denmark in 1401. But it wasn't until the 15-something that we had the first type of universal time that all of Copenhagen was like, okay, now we are all doing the same time from this one clock. And then Copenhagen got two clocks, like two churches with clocks or something. And then they didn't know which one they should use. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, come on, it's not a new thing. The time is fucking weird. Nope. Yeah, and but the the what I it was the railways I think that made the argument that we should have like time zone consistency. Mm-hmm. So the twenty four hour time zone, or like the the no the time zones around the Earth, and how they change according to planetary movements. That system started in America based on like railway issues with schedules because America is so big so it was really hard for the railway to make schedules um, but that was late that was like in 1800s or something yeah. that they made this Greenwich village line the, have you ever been at the timeline in London where the time no. is at zero like the, never... the zero hour I have been there nice. I've okay. been standing on the line of time how did it feel <laughs> amazing <laughs> did time flow through I mean you could jump over the time and be like uh, but uh, it felt amazing and also very anticlimactic at the same time because it's just in the middle of a park. <laughs> but I like these like weird concepts to say here the time is zero hours. <laughs> this is where it starts. And of course it was in England, which is one of the reasons why this like uh, time zone structure is so widespread and acknowledged throughout the world, more or less is because of colonial times that it was in the middle of the colonial times that they decided this so then it was easy because the west just said this is how it is throughout the world but in china they only have one time zone in all of china which is actually i think like something like 12 hours across or something okay yeah 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 it would make sense so yeah or like 12 time zones or something Mm -hmm. like this yeah uh, so I have been traveling in Asia sometimes where I have moved in and out of time zones because some countries there are on a little bit, um, they do like quarter hour time zones and yeah, it's very trippy. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> um, sorry, I got off, off rails. No, no, no. This is, I actually got into reading like parts that I hadn't read of the book now today when I was kind mm. of going back to it. <clears throat> 
But you talk about a little bit about this. You talk about Einstein's relativity theory in your performance. Yes, the faster you move through space, the the, the slower time appears to move or something. Which totally makes sense with my like rounds per second mm-hmm. theory and how I feel that my tempo is different than others. And also makes sense with this um I'm I'm gonna take the word again now, sorry, but I once read this article. Uh, this is the single most referenced article in my life, meaning that I have talked about this article to so many people, I do not remember how many times, because when I read it, it was like a eureka moment for me. I was like, this is what I've always felt, but I didn't know how to put words to it, or I didn't know that other people were thinking about it. So it was the article was that someone had um, made these like experiments with people uh, not the purpose was not to figure out what they the article was about but they, that was like a byproduct of what they had realized so they were like doing asking a lot of people something like yeah let us know when you think a minute has passed or some ex- tests like this you know and then they were like cross checking because when you do a lot of experiments you often have to fill out all these questionnaires and stuff and what they realized was that there were like general traits from b people and a people being a personalities are the ones who are usually awake early but also go to bed early that that's their natural rhythm and b people being the ones who wake up later but also stay up later that that's their natural circadian rhythm and then they found that like A and B people, first of all, there were general like different personality traits between them, uh, but also their perception of time was different. So if I remember the numbers correctly, on average, uh, the A people felt like a minute was like 40 something or 50 something seconds. So like quite shorter than a minute actually is. And the B people on average felt like a minute was 76 seconds or something. So like longer than it is. Meaning that B people feel like there's more time than there is. And A people feel like there's less time than there is. And also, lo and behold, the A people generally were always on time. But they were also more stressed in life. Mm. Like that's what they found with these groups. That the A people like generally stressed about life things um the b people were more so in creative careers they were more optimistic about stuff in general like but that makes sense if you always feel like there's more time you feel like there's time to have a like a career that will be financially unstable you feel like there's time to focus on art and you also are more optimistic that you will work it all out (laughs) and at the same time if you're super stressed always and you think the life is super short because okay if we if we say that like if you feel like a minute is 10 seconds shorter than it is if you multiply that to like a year or 10 years or your life yeah we are working with quite a short timeline then that you have to like fulfill your life i would be stressed too um so when i read that article i was like this is what I know is true, but I didn't know that it could be measured in this way. 
And then with one performance teacher here in school, in my first month of school here, you know, in the first like semester of art school, you often go through a lot of different like introductory things to figure out what type of artist you actually want to work as, what department you should choose, stuff like this. So we did these performance and drawing exercises and stuff with this one artist called John Cord, uh, who does these like durational performances where he will run in a circle for eight hours in the gallery or something like really physically exhausting but also time durational um and he did these like time exercises with us where we had to one exercise for instance we had to sit outside in all of like 25 of us and then count to 1000 seconds super hard to count seconds when you're just doing it you don't know if it's slow or fast Mm. but you try your best when they were leaving for school i was not done and then someone realized i was still sitting down with my eyes closed and they were like we're done even all the people who were too slow who were late they are also done and i was like but i'm at 730 and they're like no like you're so late it was 10,000 seconds a long time ago everyone are like super done and then I realized like fuck my sense of time is like way off so I started timing myself how long does it take to brush your teeth to open a water bottle and fill it with water and close it again to go to the toilet you know do these things to brush your hair little things in the morning that I think it takes 30 seconds to do a task and then I'm always late because it doesn't take 30 seconds Mm -hmm. to do something yeah, 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 very recognizable. And, oh, that's such a nice study that you... Right? Are, yes. I will try... I will quote the B people. And, uh, <laughs> I will also tell about this. <laughs> I will try to scour the internet and see if I can dig up this yeah. article and link to it in this episode. I've promised a lot of people in my life to send it to them, but then I never did it because I actually didn't have it. But I will try to find it and link... Yeah... Okay, so you're also a B person. Yes. What is your natural rhythm? If you don't have an alarm for like a month, if you can just go into your natural circadian rhythm. The circadian rhythm is the 24-hour rhythm that we naturally like sleep at night and wake up. And like, so what's your natural ideal rhythm? I think I, I had a couple of years before school where I didn't, like I only had some occasional job gigs. And that's maybe when I've had the closest opportunity to do something like that and it felt but of course you're impacted by all the artificial lights and also in Finland the time of day is very different depending on like in the summer it's only dark for like very few hours if if not at all and in the winter it's barely even light in the daytime so that also affects Mm. of course but I think in general like my tendency throughout life has been to the most natural time for me usually would be around 2 a.m. or something. Two to, or to go to bed. Yeah, but then I noticed, like, if I go for longer periods of time without, like, anything coming in between, it starts, like, go forward by two hours. Yeah, you start pushing it. Yeah, and then it kind of... But that's because you can sleep long in the day, and then yeah. you can stay up. Then you're fresh, so then you can stay up even longer the next yeah. night. But it's interesting how it kind of goes <laughs> Some people actually have these type of sleep disorders um, or like time disorders, I guess you could call them. 
and that their circadian rhythm is longer or shorter than 24 hours. Mm. It's a real thing. It's not so, um, it's quite rare, but some people have naturally circadian rhythms that are maybe 25 or 26 hours, which doesn't sound like it's a big problem, but within a week, it means that your sense of night moves around the clock or within a month, it maybe moves around three times or something. Uh, so what I read is that the people who actually have this condition to this extent where it can be like hours apart and not just like a little traits of it, uh, it's almost impossible for them to hold down steady jobs throughout a lifetime because um, they will reach a point each month where their day is completely flipped. And so like steady relationships and normal schedules are like impossible for them to to keep up with quite trippy i do believe that we all have different traits of this that some of us do just like yeah this sense of time and like sense of when it's night and not or but also i like the night yeah same you know same it's a like very some... fruitful time for me yeah it's the silent like more time for... yeah when everyone else is yes. sleeping i feel yeah, like is... it's like laura palma says in twin peaks since you were referencing a lot mm. nighttime is my time mm. Uh, I feel like when everyone else is sleeping, it's like stolen time. I am alone in the world, and then I am like maximizing my potential somehow. Mm. <laughs> and stolen time ties into this one book that my other giant starts to perform. It's a character from a children's book called Momo. Oh yeah, that's something. When I started to talk to people about this team that I was working with. I got like two or three recommendations. Like, yeah, you should read Momo. It might have something interesting. And then I read it. Where is it from? It's from Germany. Okay. Like Michael Ende or someone. And what is with this? You have to explain more to the audience who didn't yeah, see the performance. It's about uh, a girl named Momo who lives in an abandoned amphitheater in some village. And then. <coughs> Like the village people always come to her because she just listens to their worries and then they kind of solve them by talking. And she has never she's never in a hurry. She always has the time for everybody and That's nice. Yeah. But then at some someday these grey grey suited men appear who smoke cigarettes all the time. And then the, she notices that people start to hurry more and they they're from this time bank where you can save your time so that you can oh, use wow. it later and then people it up. yeah and then people start to do things more efficiently and they don't have time to come and tell stories to Momo or be listened or play or or stuff wow yes I should read this book it sounds amazing yeah I could recommend it for everyone it's, yeah it's not just the children's book it's <laughs> maybe we can put a link in the show notes I already have a really good inner visual of these men somehow in my inner ritual their faces are fish heads with sunglasses on okay. and then smoking cigarettes but that is just <laughs> you need to make a cartoon <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> wow yeah but that is also you know if you skip a night then you're quite tired the next day and people are always like yeah but you can't just like make up for lost sleep with like sleeping extra it doesn't work like that but honestly in my experience you can mm. Yeah. On some level, absolutely. Definitely. The I'm other, sure. The other day I missed, uh, I skipped a night because I was going to my friend's exam and stuff and I had been like doing laundry in the night and stuff. 
so I skipped the night. Okay, I was tired in the day. After going home from school, I slept for five hours or something. Then I got up. I was awake for a few more hours, and then I just slept eleven hours or twelve after that. And now I am reset. Yes. So within twenty four hours, I definitely slept as much as I would have normally divided on two nights. I just like saved it for the next day. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, there's definitely, but yeah, I think to some extent you can't remove the accumulation of something, like your cells have have somehow. Oh yeah. Skipped the night or something, but it, on many planes it feels like. I mean, I'm probably getting more wrinkles from the way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Same here. Though one friend told me that, like, for him he feels like um, being in like up tempo is part of what keeps you young. Mm. So with that argument staying awake and being super active maybe is hard on your cells to some degree but if it like also existentially is keeping you young mm. then it might counteract I don't know yeah. what is the equation time is a lot about math mm. but yeah, also yeah maybe let's talk about that for a moment so there's also this crazy thing that we are running on astronomical time like uh, this is how we like it how long it takes for the sun and the mm, earth yeah. to rotate there is like a reason behind this idea of time but then uh, that is not exactly correct so we also have atomic clocks mm, yes, that very. measure like what is it like or resonance of atoms or something and they are super precise Yes, and they show that like the astronomical time is off because there is gravity, again, Einstein, relativity. So the Earth and the Sun and everything, all these movements, they're not actually as precise as we just could say with numbers because of gravity and shit. So every few years we have to add or subtract a few seconds of like the world time mm. to make up for it, which is really hard for all our digital systems now because the world is run on like digital clocks and they don't like it that you just like fiddle with the time mm. suddenly so there has been discussions of like should we get rid of the astronomical times and just like go full digital and all be atomic time but it means that in a few thousand years it would be day when it's night then mm. like for how we measure time mm. you know that it would push itself yeah very trippy yes I remember the atomic clocks like now when you said atomic right? clocks I remember my own like it's wild clocks time and leap seconds yeah. and like yeah also another thing is you know it's a little bit related you are too young to remember this but when it was year 99 people were super stressed that we were going into I2K. millennium Y2K first of all a lot of people thought the world would end but a lot of more just sciencey people or not were a little bit worried like what will happen to our clock systems and this like digital stuff will something happen can it can it handle millennial like <laughs> i don't know what the real concern is but i do like remember that the world was in a real state of anticipation and counting down that new year's eve was like extra suspense like whoa <laughs> i mean i was just like i was just 10 so it's i didn't fully grasp but i understood the the nervousness in society 
okay, where did we come from in the performance? The Giants. I think we should talk a little bit about like what the whole premise of the performance is. It's you fighting with time. So it's the alarm clocks going off and you like keep, the bed keeps pulling you back. Yes. You're like, oh, in the dream or like talking to us, but then you're like somehow pulled back into your bed all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was thinking it's about fighting time. Mm. And also about time, like uh, like whose time, who gets to, like whose time is it that we're using and kind of... Yeah, and like sustaining time, right? Like sustaining those 10 minutes you're snoozing yes. and making them last Sustaining forever. those 30 minutes and yeah. performing. <laughs> <laughs> or also that, yeah, yeah. well... Um, yeah, I think the alarm goes on and then the giant crumbles or, or something happens to him depending on performance and oh, then yeah. I yeah back in bed and that's when the antagonist clock I had it attached with a string and I tried to pull it under I was under my mat like a, what's it called duvet yeah duvet and trying to pull it and sometimes it came and then towards the last performance it was so broken that it just broke on the way. <laughs> Did you in real life ever tie a string to a clock so you could pull it from somewhere to your bed? No, but I could see myself doing that if I, because people have of course been like, you're always late, you should put a clock like so that you would have to get up. Yeah, one time as a child I did it. Mm. Because the thing is, it's not so hard for me. Now I can do with two alarms if I manage my time schedule myself mostly so that I'm usually not sleep deprived. But I remember as a teenager or like or tween to be so fucking exhausted from having to be in school every morning and also growing and needing a lot of sleep and stuff. I remember times when I felt like nauseous in the morning. Yes, I still feel okay <laughs> and so and that is when this like the struggle with the alarm clock really is that you're so fucking tired your whole body is telling you to not stand up that it's wrong so one time as a child i had i was doing three different alarm clocks in the morning and placing them on like different shelves and tables and stuff around the room so one of them I had to stand up and go a few steps across the room and one I had to stand up in bed and reach for a really tall shelf and yeah so it became like a physical yeah. activity to try and wake me up but now it's better because now I usually get enough sleep in a week that even if I am only sleeping a little bit for a few nights it's okay do you really feel like, like it works to have the gentle one first? Like, is that nice or? Yeah, it's, yeah. it helps because it, it's, it's not my favorite thing to be woken up. I feel like it sounded like some kind of like lifetime advertisement, some like. save up for your insurance this is a good bank i don't know like this this sound was <laughs> you know Remember looking at families by the beach and yeah they're growing old but they're still alive enough to to save up in the bank yes, and then like the this time. music 
No, I think those those smooth tunes were the ones that just come by default on the phone, like, and then I've used those. Oh, you didn't choose them. I think I just went with what I used. Okay. Yeah, or some I can yeah. But it's interesting because your setup was so minimal, and there was no like sound tech or or soundscape or any of this flare or any lighting or whatever. So all of these like ticking clocks and the metronome and the alarms they created the whole soundscape of the performance. So they they had a quite big role. Okay. What was this choice of having it so minimal set-wise and like tech-wise? Was that just pragmatic decision or partly? Yeah, I, I can, doing a solo is already like there can be so much to keep track of. Yeah, and I'm not a very technical person, and it would just have been a lot of extra stress. And I also have some kind of like I like something is very interesting to me in like minimalism. Mm. Especially if thinking about ecology and like how to maybe spend less and how to. But I mean, here in school, you could have just gotten all the props you needed yes, from the I basement. Know. So it's not actually; yeah. it's just recycling. It, it's recycling, yeah. But just something interesting about a little, just like how do. You A bare scene, like a yeah, like a naked scene, yeah, and then almost yeah. a naked performer. Yeah. Also, I think. <laughs> <laughs> also, I want. Uh, I didn't have any lights on, so it was always with natural bright light. Yeah, true. From the really big windows. Yeah. Oh, you didn't have any electric light on. No. Hmm. And that's something I would have. If there would have been more time, I would have like to like make some kind of sundial that would have like made a shadow or somehow like the sun yeah because those were actually the earliest clocks in the world right these like natural clocks of like yeah sundials and and water clocks water I clocks yeah i didn't know that was a thing yeah me neither um so those were the earliest clocks yeah but also i think it's a good point that um maybe you don't need more because when you're a sole performer who somehow like your words and your presence your physical like embodiment of the situation and what you are doing but also all your words like that is what you have to work with you're just you on the stage right you don't have wear costumes or anything but then that also is creating the performance for us so you tell us that now we are in an apocalyptic dream well then we are there like you know the suspension of disbelief we are in theater if you tell us that a situation is in a way even if we can't see it like We just have to agree that that is what is happening. Um, so I guess it is quite a theater trick to have these very naked monologues where not a lot is actually happening, but it's based on like this storytelling. Mm, yeah, and that's something I realized while I was doing this pro project, mm. uh, which is an interesting word, project, mm. because we use it a lot like in the artwork, and this comes from the Artist at Work book. Mm -hmm. But it's like <clears throat> it's Latin, and it means uh, something before it's done. 
Really? So, yeah, so it kind of means that you're already creating a future and you're kind of already framing a future when you use that. I did not know that project has this origin as a word. Yeah, wow. an action before it's done or something like that. An action before it's done. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, wow. No, I lost what I was... I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, while I was working, I realized that uh, I'm, I might be... I think I'm even more interested in storytelling in general than in acting or in some particular like okay. way of doing it. Yeah. And that's yeah. Why do you think that is? I love stories. <laughs> But if not as an actor, then what you would would you want to write? I lo- I, writing is really mm. comfortable. For, like, well, as a process, it's more comfortable. But. So did you write this whole performance yourself? Yeah. Would you like to write performances for other people and then not perform them yourself? I think, but I would have a lot. It would be a lot less comfortable for me. Why? Yeah, to have somebody do something of your text, it's uh, it it would take time to just also like see how somebody else like um. Tulkita uh, perce- perceives yeah. what your text and how they perform it. So maybe if and also just I think there's some irrational fear of hurting people or irrational fear of like that you would hurt them with your words. Yeah, or hard text. I don't how? know. I don't know that they're forced to do something yeah. they don't want to do. Yeah, but I, I mean, would know it's not true. But if an actor doesn't want to do something, yeah. they say it. Yeah, that they might lose their job. But I yes. mean, it's not the fault of the playwright. No. Then the director has to mediate, right? Yeah. Yeah, true. I think I also confuse. I can. I always think about writing and directing as the. Well, you, they can overlap. Yep. I guess. Yep. That's very cute and interesting that you are like worried um, about hurting others. I because. At first, when you said like, yeah, but how people perceive your words, I thought, oh yeah, this thing that someone who wrote something and then they don't like the outcome of how it's like performed. Yeah, that's Be- also because that is definitely a thing. A lot yes. of people write movies and then they don't like how the director makes them, and they're like, really, like the guy who wrote Breakfast at Tiffany's, like he doesn't like that she was cast. Mm. Like it's, he thought that was a failed casting. Mm. You know, and everyone else are like that is what makes the whole movie. But but the, the initial writer didn't like that decision. So there there are quite some classics and stuff where we don't actually know that behind the scenes someone is super dis dissatisfied uh, with how their work turned out because someone else got control over it. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Mm, I had so many things in my brain that I knew I wanted to bring up for this episode Uh, yeah let's maybe talk a little bit about whose time it is we are spending because these arbitrary ideas of time and whatever like it's easy enough for me to say yeah but I feel like we are living in the block universe you know where everything is happening all at once Mm. do you know this theory the Mm. block yeah so for those who don't understand or know of the listeners the block universe theory is a theory that everything past, present and future is all happening at the same time 
there is not actually like a linear progression of time we just perceive it or like the state time makes things able to exist in this it's the fourth dimension kind of of this like situation so of course i can live my life like it doesn't matter time is not linear Mm. (laughs) but um but yeah sometimes people have to wait a lot for me Uh, or they get stressed and of course that is not so nice and I, I do wish that I could get better at being on time because of these people yes, or like I would only do it because of other people yeah right yeah when it's just myself whatever sometimes yeah. I'm so late I just don't go out at all mm. really like not going to bed because you it get too late but sometimes like I get too late to go to all these art openings you know there was one night I, there were three art openings happening and I had this plan that I was going to cycle between all of them but then it was raining I was running late I was like getting ready in the end I realized it, I can't really make it to any of them or maybe I could make it to one but I don't want to rush so then I just opened a wine and s- stayed home <laughs> and that can be really relieving and I had dressed up I put on makeup and everything and then I just sat down in my bed and drank wine it was wonderful yeah Wow, the moment when you give up and suddenly yeah. you have all the time yes. in the world. The disabilities, <laughs> the It's really great. It's like, it's such a potent thing to be able to, to like, give up on time. Mm. On some time. On some time, yeah. I had one friend once. We're not really friends anymore. I think fundamentally we were two different she once told me when we were like making lunch plans or dinner plans or something she was like yeah don't wait make me wait like last time she was real angry about it she also didn't want me to eat in her bed okay. yeah so i somehow our friendship fizzled out i think we were too different yeah, i don't feel that in my heart <laughs> but i remember like an ex of mine used to get really stressed that I was always late and he would get so stressed that you know he would drive me to the airport when coming back here after visiting in Copenhagen and stuff and then I would always be super late and like huh and he would get like more stressed than me and he was like it's so unfair that now you're making me stressed in this moment when I have to say goodbye to you like and he was like what if you missed a flight and I was like yeah then you will have me for an extra day you should not get stressed about this I mean yeah um, I don't know sometimes I've also gotten angry with people that they thought that they could like that I should be stressed because they are stressed mm. or you know that it's like if I'm late I'm late if I miss a flight I miss a flight but of course if it actually directly affects other people then I understand that it's maybe like a little bit unethical I don't do it on purpose I mean honestly it is just somehow yeah, same. rarely I don't think no, it's just, I think I can do more than I can in the time. I lose track of time. I, I don't know. Even if I decide to not do half the things I was going to do before leaving, it still takes time to get ready. Mm. One thing I realized with dating is that more often than not, um, when I date women they more often tend to be also late and dating men they're not so often late 
it's not I don't want to binarily general generalize in this way but this is just my personal experience that sometimes when dating women they there are more text messages beforehand like sorry I'm late and then they are also late or and it's wonderful I love when other people are late <laughs> yeah because then you can start the date by giving each other extra time yes. and less stress and you can be like should we just say half an hour later yeah. and people are like yeah wonderful and then they can be the first ones one time I went out with someone who was like oh my god I love that you are even later than me I can be here and be the one who was on time even though we both are like half an hour late and it's such a much better way to start a situation rather than one person being like restless and annoyed with the other one and the other one being stressed and embarrassed that is not a good unequal way to start a moment together so being able to like hand each other like reassurance and comfort and, and extra flexibility it's much better yeah so for instance today we were both late and then like that was wonderful yeah absolutely <laughs> and I who was originally thought I was gonna be late I got to just rest there and be by myself gather my thoughts and I thought like my song, my singing teacher I had a singing class before this was also late and then I so I think that I'm usually not always but usually quite relieved even if I'm on time but somebody's late it's like okay now there's more time for whatever I mean I hate being early in, in the airport for instance then you have to wait for so long yeah, but I, I that's also it's paradoxical because I absolutely can't stand if a bus or a train or like a transport is late yeah oh why I can't I, I, you get offended no I don't get offended it's just a very uncomfortable time like I don't I have to smoke a cigarette jump five minutes mm. yeah but I'm, I, that is why I have missed a lot of flights in my life it's also that I don't want to be too early there yeah yeah what am I gonna do with I all the time you know oh my god oh yeah same I <laughs> mm. <laughs> but even if I'm annoyed that someone is late I remind myself that I have been late so many times in my yeah. life that I do not in any way have a right to be annoyed with other people yeah. being late. Like, that is just... Um, the scales are so tipped that... Same yeah. here, same here. My parents were always late. Were your family late? Did you bring it from home? I, I don't think so. My family was always quite late. I mean, having... Yeah, but I think we have my dad sometimes. Yeah. Mm. I guess having children makes it, like, harder to be on time mm. because a lot of shit happens yes. when you're going out the door or whatever. But I mean, I remember one time my parents were like, when we arrived and we were a bit late and they were like, oh my God, we are on time. They were really surprised and impressed with themselves. And then uh, my uncle and aunt revealed that they had invited my parents an hour earlier than everyone else. Because <laughs> 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 they knew they were going to be late. And then my parents were double embarrassed, I, I assume. Sorry, mom and dad, for exposing uh, your truths on the podcast. Nothing to be ashamed of. Join the late party. I was relative. Yeah, join the late party. Mm. Yeah, that's true. That is what you called the, the thing. Join yes. the late party. I talked with one friend about it also, that education and everything being constructed mostly for A people, you know, that we are supposed to be mm. like... in. Mm. 
this idea that like my mom always says the best sleep is the sleep before midnight and everyone says the best learning happens in the morning that is not true for all of us mm-hmm. my brain is not well working in the morning mm-hmm. and so I talked with a friend that actually when all education is constructed for for these types of people who function better in the morning a lot of us we lose out on a lot not just because we are late and like well Tanya they just did a performance recently also with a bed talking about this like not being able to sleep at night and being awake and being late and they were like in the end of like finishing high school I had they had lost like so so many hours like hundreds of hours of of class that they had been late throughout their whole school time that someone had counted it that's a lot of education to lose and of course you could say it's your own fault but if we are like actually in a physiology not wired for that then isn't it also just unfair that the school system is put together in a way that like too bad you just have to like form and especially because in our program we talk a lot like about inclusivity and etc mm-hmm. so that's one of maybe <coughs> perspectives and things I thought of what, but what about inclusivity in time and there's very rarely anybody who wants to like defend or staunchly defend like flexible time schedules or later starts it feels like because it's unpractical for yeah, a lot of people yeah and it's also it's been the status quo for a very very long time I mean there has been talks in societies about making maybe school programs and stuff for B people mm. Mm. like oh wow Okay. In my upper secondary, I chose to do it in a way that I took singular courses, so I put together my own schedule. And so anytime there was like a chance of evening courses or even just afternoon courses, I always did that. So for most of my upper secondary, I didn't actually have early mornings. And I think, that, I think it made a huge difference. Like I got straight A's and everything, and I'm not sure I would have been able to do that if it had been early mornings the whole way through. Well, I remember so many upper secondary mornings with nausea and then like just sitting there and losing half an hour of the class introductions to the task and then being too, way too yeah. tired to do yeah. anything yeah. or and way too tired to like feel interested in the subjects that you're being teached about. also I also have had some teachers who if you were late they just locked the door mm, yeah so yeah with, with that's been an old like a method here really yeah if you come in late they close the door but it's changed now it's so unfair so if you're like five minutes late yeah. because the train was cancelled or something then you lose an hour or an hour and a half of teaching yes and we went back we kind of like reenacted that time during that intensive breath course okay yeah and then we decided that it felt quite bad to have people outside just waiting for an hour and then... also it's ridiculous they're already here yeah, yeah, they're yeah, right out there like, yeah it's, it's, uh... <laughs> for once I wrote down a few notes because I felt like there were so many of these things mm-hmm. so I just want to quickly check I mean I do think we need to leave the room soon I guess no no okay time is up time is up uh... oh yeah one thing about your performance that I realized that is really real about being late and that I thought about when I saw your performance again today is that there is no time to fuck up when you're late you know, like when your clock is like broken and you can't start it or you're like, ah, oh, fuck, it's not working now after all these performances and these things. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. If you can always wing it and like just fly directly onto the stage or it's, uh, that's cool. But if you 
like there's no time for technical stuff to fuck up that's the thing if you're in good time you can test everything yeah, yeah. you can make sure everything is working if you're always late you have to cross your fingers that things are just smooth because like being late for the airport if the traffic is perfect and you can count on how long it takes there to go there fine if the train just stops yep. yeah then you don't like if there's something happening if there's a car accident in the road and like traffic is jammed this you have to take into account i guess and at least that's what they always tell you the uh, bitchy people with boarding if they have already closed they're like yeah you need to reserve proper time in the morning mm. like thank you mm. for teaching okay, me this yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I haven't missed a flight but now i know what it's <laughs> It's not so fun. No. <laughs> it's really expensive when yeah. you have to buy another one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's something we talked about. The teacher also said that's interesting. And, and for them it was what they liked was the, the material. Like sort of me working, like battling against the materials and the objects because they were sometimes out of tunes and not working as I had planned and that's that it becomes that, that, that becomes so much more likely and that gets a bigger role if one is late yeah and also yeah. it like becomes this ha ha it's your your own karma situation right <laughs> that it's like yeah that the, the, the time is playing tricks on you as well oh yeah you wanna like say it's okay to be late well I will yeah. show you yes. how difficult it is when you can't count on time yeah, <laughs> yeah but um, oh well and we already went through the time is money aspect is there anything I forgot to ask or I feel like I spoke way too much of this episode and you I didn't let you speak enough no? No, I don't think that at all. It's really nice to listen to you. <laughs> okay, thank you. Yeah. And I, I think, yeah, in general, like, if personal perceptions of time, it's just nice. Mine is one, yours is one, and then the listener has one. And yeah, and I make them listen to so many hours every time, so, like, they are already used to this yeah. format. Maybe do you think I could borrow some of the sound from the video documentation and incorporate like bits in the episode yeah, absolutely. that's nice because it would be nice to have some of your monologues and stuff yeah one thing I would like to still get to is like towards the end when the giants have collapsed and stuff I go into this political dream like I I went to this second dream where I I'm forgot having about that a, yeah I'm having a speech and that's where I speak from like it's very inspired by the manifesto and all that I've written this political dream I'm having a political speech yes the audience is applauding me they're applauding for Speech from my director, so I haven't learned it by heart yet, but <laughs> I guess I'm here to tell you why choose snooze. Why the dunks Yodish battle against clocks? Because for too long have we been out of breath. For too long have we been shamed for staying in bed. For too long 
and we'd be ashamed for dreaming on. Yeah, true. I completely, even though I saw it today, I completely yeah. forgot about this part. And I think that. Are you a politician in this? Yes. And that's like I made a TikTok like way before the performances, like weeks before, which is like at the late part you can come check it out. I made like a few videos way out of like the TikTok rhythm, like they're much more longer. Okay, and did you know it was for this performance, or was it before you even? Yeah, yeah it, it was kind of part because one of other stuff that I'm was interested in is incorporating like social media and trends and stuff. Did you go viral? No. 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 Yeah, I, I, uh, there were some random views, yeah. Okay. It's I'm not sure how it works yet. <laughs> I might have popped on some for you page. Yeah, but also in this like pamphlet with the late party and all of this, it was a lot of we, so it, it made it sound like it was an actual movement or a yeah. working group, but yeah. it was just you. Yeah, it was it was me. And then uh, Lean is my classmate or former classmate who was it was like Fritarbeta was basically being or helping with others Fritarbeta ah so then, this was like the ticket person yeah. kind of yeah okay nice oh that's yeah. a good way to do a performance also yes and, and, but yeah it was we and it was a lot because of the Brecht course and 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 somehow thinking about the artist's responsibility in regards to politics and the society and, and what do you mean with artist responsibility? Like feeling, maybe thinking about how, like if I tell about me being late, how can I make it about something more than myself? Or like, you know, mm. how do I justify this to my critical voice inside? That it has to have a purpose yeah. larger than yeah. like just for you, like what does it matter for the world yeah. type? And I think personal stories can be valuable for other people. I don't think we need to like make it grander than what it is uh, in order to justify its existence and even like justify it to who like why mm. a lot of people do things in with their lives that doesn't make any sense for anyone else uh, so I don't think that's necessary but I did see that you did that in the performance that there were these like uh, branching out to I saw it more as like you were zooming in and out a little bit um, like reflecting in a grander scale of things which can be a good way to treat some concepts to kind of like when you have this um, you have these two different situations with lateness that you can compare right and then it creates some kind of like relative uh, relationship between these two like you being late for the performance or for school politicians being laid with saving the world and then yeah what is like somehow the relationship between these two or what happens in that whole gap yeah is there a synthesis I don't know it never what is there a synthesis like do these two like if we take the late beer and the, replace the politicians who are, so, who are always on time but <laughs> never fix it hmm? work for the late part and there were the the, 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 what do you call it, voting, like elections. There were the elections going on, like in the same spring. Oh, yeah, so it was also like... It was a lot inspired by the news and whatever went on there. Mm. Did you want to say more about this last dream? 
Was that a dream you actually had? No, no. no. <laughs> but it's a, maybe a dream in the sense of like getting people riled up and having a good political speech and having people like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to read something from the manifest before we leave? Sure. Yeah. Nico found it uh, on And this his is the phone. one that I, yeah, I tried to pretend that the bed printed out and I, the audience had a chance to read them before I... Yeah. Well, while you were away. Oh, fly. <laughs> In silence, we wait for Nico to find the yes. right page Durational. of <laughs> okay, I, um, I will just read on and then you can tell me to stop. Okay. Okay, this is a late manifesto, a performance score or a subject's guide on how to emancipate yourself from imposed time. One, a suggestion for schedules. Note, any of the times below are subject to change according to the needs slash abilities slash desires of the scheduler. 6 p.m. Arrive home, tired. Open a chocolate bar or some form of instant energy source to stabilize falling blood sugar levels. Enjoy the unsatisfying rush. 6.15 p.m. Fall into bed. No, fall into the couch because it can possibly cause issues falling asleep if you spend time in bed before sleep time. 7 p.m. Prepare food. 7.30. Lay on couch in a post-food coma. 8 p.m. Finish any tasks, homework, housework, relationship work, workout, voice work, email work, artistic practice, email inbox. Ignore the need for a damn nice steaming cup of coffee because caffeine equals to bad time with eyes closed in a bed. 9 p.m. It's easier written than done, but finish up your tasks. Take a shower, preferably cold, since it supposedly helps with sleep. So you can maximize sleep time in the morning. Time p- 10 p.m. Ignore any sexual or intellectual needs. Skip masturbation, sex, reading, the internet, because they will only get you going and everyone is tired. Set alarms for 7 a.m. and on. Set two alarms with mildly enjoyable sounds to snooze on. Set one aggressive final alarm. If you have a second alarm device, put it somewhere away from bed. 10.30 p.m. Ignore frustration at the incapability to fall asleep. Or, if scheduled earlier by your doctor, enjoy the artificially effective sleep of sleeping pills. 11 p.m. Make realizations about yourself and the world surrounding you. 12 p.m. Come to terms with realizations. Acceptance of thoughts that have risen in the less stimuli-filled silent dark night. 1 a.m. Repeat the mantra. And, well, the mantra was in the pamphlet, Mm. the late party pamphlet. But it was something along the lines of choose news. And And then there's a dream. And then there's morning stuff. 7 a.m. The construction workers start working. The stores are opening. Ignore. Left swipe the day and snooze on. (laughs) More dreaming. 7.15 a.m. 
Snooze the second alarm, embrace the sheets and one of the simplest dopamine releases of the day ahead. Dream. 7.30 a.m. Try to resist the attacking alarm buzz that rings and forcefully penetrates your ears and dreams. Dream on, dream. Succumb to the gigantic pressures of society and desire to appease others. Let the alarm in. Close alarm. Do not snooze, but lay around for a while. Recover from the truck of an alarm that has driven over you. 7.31 a.m. Rise despite your body telling you not to close the second alarm. Further away from the bed. 7.35 a.m. Ignore any sexual or bodily needs. Rush to prepare your caffeine fix. 7.40. Gulp down hot coffee. 7.43. Look at the clock. Notice it took time to wait for the coffee to cool down to drinkable temperature. Put on jacket, rush out of door, run, knowing you are on the racer's edge of being on time or late. 7.59 a.m. Stop outside wherever you must be. Reconsider every step. 8 a.m. Make an active decision to oppose the imposed time structure and the collectively illusionary schedule. 8.01 a.m. Turn back and make resistance with each step in your own pace. Stroll home or to some other place you feel comfortable in, minding your current state. 8.02 a.m. You are getting further away from time and space, from the time and space you were expected to be in. Each step is emancipating you from the chains of time. 8.25 a.m. You have arrived back to where you started. 8.30 a.m. Prepare breakfast to sustain rebellious energy, slow carbs and the source of protein, vitamins. 9 a.m. Head back to bed. 10 to 12 a.m. Dream and resist. 1 p.m. Lunch. 2 p.m. Give the day a new try. 6 p.m. Vote for the late party if you make it on time or engage in other political action for the movement outside of any institution slash being that enforced you to be on its time. It's time. Okay. I I stopped you. Yes. It was almost over. Yes. There Did was nothing more. There was just continued dreaming and active resistance. Oh, I stopped you before the last sentence. Yes. <laughs> Amazing timing. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Emancipate yourself from the imposed idea or schedule of time. I, I think that is the crux of it all. And I do think I did that to some extent at some point growing up, like deciding to do evening classes instead of like a normal thing, deciding to be an artist and work with myself for myself a lot of the time, you know, these decisions or, you know, yeah, deciding to give up and not go out after all and just buy yourself the whole night, whatever. Um, One thing this thing touched on that we forgot to say is how the performance ends so the performance ends with you getting up from bed finally after three alarms and all these clocks ringing and stuff and then you being late and running out of the door leaving us and then you come back in and then you actually start the performance how you told us in the beginning that you were supposed to start the performance so it becomes this circular experience which is a little bit um 
one thing that I had thought to mention is the concept of routine and repetition. Can, do we? Do you have time that we just that you, I ask you about this? I know we. Yeah. yeah. I'm. I'm in no hurry. Like. Okay. Good. All the time. In yeah. The world. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is your relationship with the concept of routine or repetition? Multifaceted. Yeah. Yeah. Good answer. Uh, sometimes it helps me. Sometimes they make me feel good. Uh, and I know it might like improve technically improve stuff or it does um, and sometimes repetition makes certain parts of your life or routines that like go by on autopilot like you might not enjoy the activity itself but you just do it so many times that it becomes automatic dishwashing uh, uh, but also I think part of why I am Studying to become an actor is also having some sort of like resistance towards routines and mm-hmm. the idea of repeating the same job and the same tasks and the same route to work. I mean, this is and why I'm studying art. It's the only longer education I figured that I would be able to stay through for so many years without getting bored because you get to reinvent it all the time yourself and change what it is you're doing. Because I know myself doing the same thing for five or six years. Yeah, I do it a lot for one or two or three years and then I have done it yeah definitely I do it maximized but for shorter periods of time then I get bored I want to move on Mm. so I recognize that I'm quite afraid of routines as like a state of being I think they are scary somehow because like you say it becomes an autopilot I also feel a little bit like if I do the same thing every day in the same way and now during one and a half years I have been working with my routine as like material for my thesis project so you know recording the sound of my life which means really having like the audio recordings of my routines and I realized when making coffee recording that 10 times maybe Of course, it takes kind of the same time for the espresso jug to boil every time. But it also takes me exactly the same time to turn around, open the fridge, take the milk out Mm. and shake it. It's oat milk. You need to shake it a lot and shake it a lot and pour the milk on recordings. Like I am shaking it exactly the same amount of time every (laughs) fucking day. (laughs) And so if you do something repeated like this, and especially if you do it at the same time every day do you actually ever do it more than once Mm. I feel like Mm. if it's just a complete replica that is happening cloning a situation does it actually happen more than one time or is it just a representation of this one time Mm -hmm. that is taking place it's really weird to experience yourself in this loop Mm. I don't know So for me, I think I realized that repetition, what I like about it or how it feels beneficial to work, for instance, I didn't like to use, I didn't used to like repeating myself. I used to like wanting to do something new every time I made a project. And now I find more potential and things in, in like repeating or reusing elements or building on something and then uh, stacking on top of it. 
but it's not the repetition I think that I like it's the deviation from the repetition the deviation from the rhythm when I do something like every day the same way it is the little changes in it that makes me realize that it's a different moment so doing something repetitively or rhythmically it is whenever the rhythm changes that I become aware of the rhythm somehow and so it's not actually the repetition that I like it's whenever something else happens do you know what I mean? Mm. yeah 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 to kind of becoming aware of something when something I mean routine is a little bit like a weird form of time travel if you do the same thing every day you might as well be in the moment that you did it a year ago yep but I start thinking about shaking and maybe like the shaking and that that's like the same yeah and the stuff that you shake but you are different like every day a bit different so the reverb doesn't change but you change right time is not actually linear or progressing but time makes things able to exist Mm. and so we can experience them Mm. Mm. which is like your alarms every morning it's the same three alarms and with the same interval but your dreams might be different yes and you have maybe slept more or less time but the experience of the alarm ringing it's kind of the same every time right I know what to expect so yeah I don't know that's just some thought I have had in my work that in my thesis work now like uh, layering different moments that are the same but of course still different and then like cross cutting them and layering them stacking them as a soundscape it becomes this weird sort of time travel Mm. that you can hear me making coffee in the winter and in the summer at the same time and it's the same thing it's the same activity that takes the same time but it's still different events or different representations of the same event or I don't know the soundscape is still different around me so it's like yeah routine is a weird way of like coming outside of time or I don't know that suddenly you wake up and like it's 10 or 20 years later and you're still just like getting up at the same time every day and making coffee this life Mm. I am afraid of Mm. yeah Okay. But maybe after that you do something that's completely different from anything you do. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> after that one coffee cup is the one anchor. But of course it can also be reassuring, like you said, then you yeah. know what is going to happen. Yeah. And you don't have to plan it. And with work I realized it a lot when if you want to reinvent yourself through for every project, you have to also learn a whole new set of skills. Mm. and re uh, like get new knowledge for every fucking project and that's exhausting yeah. i mean it's it's impossible first of all but it's also it's really a lot of pressure to put on yourself that you have to be a new artist every time instead of just like reusing the knowledge and the skills and the tools you already have okay i i think i spoke a lot now tonight and we got through your whole performance is it a singular performance or is it something you keep working with I think what well, I, I walked out after I also came back in but then I, when I walked out after the performances I was I am quite uh, happy that I have a concept that I feel that I can work on and it can be modified and it can but that we like motor as an engine for 
performances. I think I would. I can see myself still working on it. With the time thing and lateness? Yes, with the time thing and the lateness. And and how much do I actually want to be like actually on time and precise? And how? And then with like levels of improvisation and being surprised. Ah, yes, also. Yeah, using time as a a surprise premise in your own. Yeah, keep it interesting. Yes. And yeah, the ending with circular time, and also just a homage. Like I, I've loved like Christopher Nolan movies and so so on, with time and fuck around, fuck around, like playing with time and then being like, mm hmm. Oh yeah, you or, said that wow. in your performance. I thought yeah. about if I should have made it this yes. like weird time travel space <laughs> or like special movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, so maybe the next one will be more fantastic. I don't know. Depends who will pay me. Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Uh, Is there something more you want to mention? Let the listener know. No, thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you for listening for this long. Um... Yeah, that's why I never set a cap on it because the conversation needs the time it needs, you know. Where can the listener find you? Do you have a website or social media you share with the public? Yeah, I have a social media. Instagram, Nikon Aatokset. So N I K O N A A T O K S E T. Great. Instagram. Hmm. I will also add a link in the show notes. Oh, one question. You study Swedish acting, so you, you study in Swedish because you are Swedish-speaking Finn, yeah. which is a thing. 5% of the population here has Swedish as their mother tongue. Why did you choose to make your performance in English? Oh, yeah, our voice teacher also asked me. Yeah? Why? And, uh, to me, it's just... I think if I start writing material or poems or stuff, it's always in English or Finnish. That's like what comes out. That's interesting yes. that you don't do it in Swedish, even though that's the wor- your work language. Yeah. It just feels like my flow is more in English or Finnish, or was when I did this, and my all my like thoughts around it were, were most of the time in English or Finnish. Well, I mean, and also it's an accessibility thing. Like. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm happy because I yeah. would have not... Well, I could have understood it in Swedish, but it's definitely clearer in English. Mm. And I'm guessing some people would have not been able to understand much. Okay, well then, thank you. I'm really happy ah. we finally got around to Same. this. Same. <laughs> yes. Ah, <I> <laughs> And also, I was happy to rewatch it today because when I was here, I was in the middle of this work marathon. So you caught me at lunch, being like, "Hey, I do a performance in half an hour." And I'm like, "Okay, like, I, I I can take time out of my day to do this." But I was actually working like super much at the time, so my presence was a little bit, uh, you know, it's like when you're in the middle of your own brain a lot. Then, so yeah, it was good to also. To have the chance to see it again now. Yeah. yeah, it was really nice to go back to and to talk about time. Yeah, 
I'm sorry I spoke a lot today. Sometimes I'm better at giving space, but this was a really big topic for me. <laughs> no, it's good. I, I, yeah, maybe I'm also mostly apologizing to my listeners who feel like I might be a, you know, podcast hosts who yeah. invite people to then just <laughs> talk a lot no. at them. <laughs> okay. Thank you to Nico Nordstrom. Otherwise, there would have been a lot more like duration of silence. Yeah, which is not good audio Mm-mm. because people get like, "Oh, is my phone dying?" Yeah. Or you know, like they can't they can't see the. That's also one thing. Like yeah. if, if 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 something like movement stops mm-hmm. or or something, people perce- like it's interesting how we perceive it. Or silence, or something like it's something's not working. Oh yeah, that it's a void or like yeah. a dysfunction. There's nothing like to place our attention to. Mm, yeah, true. Something That's stops so before it was running and now it's not, yeah. and then it must be broken. Yeah, and then time goes really slow. And you're like, oh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, we didn't even get into that. How sometimes time feels slow and sometimes it feels super fast. Mm. Well, you got into it a little bit in your performance, but we didn't. And talk we did so a much. bit with the A and B people, I think. That's yeah, but also for me, mm. sometimes time is super fast and sometimes yeah. it's super yeah, yeah, slow no, oh well maybe like waiting in the airport is slow or waiting in queue in the supermarket yeah. I once was dating Boy. a man who uh, said he always chose the longest queue in the supermarket because he liked to wait Wow. and wow. I was like what are you talking about dude that is fucking weird so then I tried it out. I was young. I was ready for it, trying anything. So I chose the longest queue a few times into things. And like, it was not for me. Not my jam. He had two small kids. So I think maybe the way the extra wait time in the supermarket just like gave dad an extra moment alone <laughs> with his brain. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It was something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Um, we will end there. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. I'm Nico Nordstrom. Sorry. Not sorry. This is why I'm late. Thank, Thank you for, for listening. listening. Hope, Hope you enjoyed it. it.